This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Welcome back to another incredible episode, so we hope. So (laughs) we hope. We will be because we set that intention right before pressing record. We did, we did, which is, we love intentions, and it just aligns us. It's amazing, and it makes you feel a little positive. And speaking of positive, positive. Brenda, do we have some really positive, exciting news to share that people might have seen on the Instagram? We have the most exciting news to share. Okay. Um, Okay. So, as of very recently, we are officially part of Julia. The Believe Podcast. Oh, 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 sorry. 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 Try again. Try again. (laughs) Try not to. I didn't do it. No, no, you did. Okay. You want me to try again? Okay. Yeah, yeah, try again. We are officially, we are officially part of the Believe Podcast Network. Woo! (laughs) Yes, we're so excited. What can, can I you insert sound effects? <laughs> I could try. All right. like a, you want like a burr, 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 one of those? And like and like perhaps an audience going, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll try, I'll try. Stay tuned. Okay, amazing. amazing. Um, but yes, you might have seen on Instagram that we've joined Believe Podcast Network. We're so excited to start working with them. They're an awesome network and we're really excited to join the team. We really are. We've. It's so crazy that we only started this project fairly recently. Um, and it really is such a big accomplishment because we've put so much heart into this and we really believe in it. You know, we've perfectly aligned, um, but we really believe in the power of this podcast and what it can bring. And we hope to build a community and just this happened so much sooner than we would have expected it to, but we're so grateful to the network for seeing um, and believing in what we have to offer. And we're just excited to keep growing. Yeah. And thank you everyone for listening and your support because without an audience without you guys that we couldn't do any of this so so totally a big yay to you people too yes so much gratitude um i think we're gonna have we just have so much to look forward to so it's it's just so exciting and it i think it really validates everything that we've been doing and yeah totally yes so keep listening keep sharing keep giving us those five stars reviews it means everything to us and with that being said It's time for Pride and Pickle! (laughs) I love that now. It's never not funny. No, it's always funny, and I feel like. When is it gonna get old? I feel like people think we're being fake, and it's like, oh, maybe it's a sound effect laughter, but no, it's funny every time. I really wonder when it's gonna get like old and we're not gonna laugh at it anymore. I know, we're 21 episodes in. And we're still laughing. We're still laughing. That's beautiful. Honestly, uh, put things in your life that keep your laughter 
21 weeks later. Nope, that's, so that's not true. 10 weeks later. We have two episodes a week. 10 weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> but oh, yeah. my God. Doesn't it feel like we've been doing this for way longer than 10 weeks? It really does. Because we've been talking about it for far before so long. then, I guess. So true. Well, not I guess. Yeah, so long. Um, but yeah. So, wait, for my pride this week, I think I am proud of myself for just finding different things to fill fill my the emotions that I'm feeling I can't help but repeat over and over again that every day is so different and I have really loved um Kayleen recommended to me I have the Peloton app like I've mentioned and she recommended like the greatest showman ride and I had so much fun oh did you do like, it I, was just along. I did I did it yesterday that's and I so loved fun. it that's I know, fun. it really was so I'm I'm just I'm glad because I, I know a lot of people feel pressure right now to incorporate activity. We had a whole episode on physical activity. Um, but I just, my pride is that. I love that I've really been able to disassociate exercise from like changing my body and really just focus on how it makes me feel. And it's something that's just like part of my day, part of my life and a great energy release. So I've been finding new rides and they're just really fun. I love that there's themes. We love a theme. Love a theme. Love. And then my pickle would be that I think sometimes during these moments, even though we're st- I'm still working and working from home, I feel like just because the environment is different and because the structure of my day is a little bit different, um, I just feel a lot of insecurities coming up for me and stuff that I feel like I'm projecting onto other people that have absolutely nothing to do with them. And I think when you're spiraling in those ways, it's really hard to not see like the big picture. Like I always tell Julia when I talk to her about it, I'm like, how do you respond to these things so logically when I feel like I I feel all this built up emotion from it? And it really, you know, I guess just feeling bad for people on the other end who have to deal with those emotions, but ultimately... We work through them. Of course. And it's also easier to be, like, more logical when you're not the one in the situation. You know, it's so much easier to give advice than to take your own advice. So, like, to not beat yourself up about that if, like, I'm providing you a logical, you know, a piece of advice that's coming from a place of logic rather than a place of, like, emotion. Mm. Because that's way harder to do for yourself when you're in it and emotions are heightened, you know? Totally. Yeah. So just working through all those things and finding ways more immediately than not to, to flip that emotion instead of sitting in it totally after feeling it out totally yeah and what's your pride and pickle my pride this week was this week was well it still is Passover and usually for Passover we go to my grandmother's house and she makes a whole big Passover dinner but obviously with everything going on that was not a possibility so I made my very first Passover dinner and it came out really good I was really proud of myself I never have cooked a Passover dinner before I made matzo ball soup and I made brisket and um, some potatoes and veggies and it like came came out really really good it was a lot of work I cooked literally all day long um but it came out great and I was really proud of myself for doing it and then my family got on zoom and we did a little zoom Passover Seder and we were just all making the best of it and Passover seems for anyone that doesn't you know I mean I'm sure most people know the story of Passover but it seems pretty fitting for like what's going on right now with like plagues and hoping things will will pass over sooner than later Mm. so it seems like a fitting time for 
this holiday. Yeah. But I was really proud of myself for the for the dinner that I made. As you should. I'm sure that's super complicated. Yeah. It, yeah. And I took all my I got all my grandmother's recipes so that it would be authentic. Um. Even though she like low key like omitted ingredients, she like would mention them and then like not tell me where to put them in <laughs> in the recipe. And I was like, girl, are you like n- trying to not share your recipe with me? <laughs> She's jealous that you'll make it better and then rebrand yeah. it and then never more. come to her house again. <laughs> No, I love her house. I can't wait to go. Um, but yeah, so that was my pride. And then my pickle this week was not showing up for myself as much as I had been in in regards to like um, exercise because I really didn't I didn't exercise much this week because I was just feel like the beginning of the week. The beginning of the week I was feeling really good, but I was like busy. And then like the second part of the week I was feeling I don't know I guess like kind of like la- lazy. I don't know lazy is not the right word, but like mm, un unmotivated I guess. So um, yeah, I really slacked on my exercising and I and then but yesterday I did I did do my 305 and like I felt so much better after and it's just like so funny how like we can know logically that like something we do will make us feel really good but pushing up against that resistance to do it requires a lot of work and energy so just wanting to remind myself to like show up for yourself and that little push against resistance can sometimes lead to a really big reward Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah, no, that, that that makes a lot of sense. And I, Jesse shared a quote the other day. Well, she was just speaking and now it's a quote. Um, that just because we have more time doesn't mean we have more capacity. Mm-hmm. And I really love that because I, love I, that. I think there is a lot of pressure to be doing everything right now. And I know we've mentioned it in our previous episodes, but it, it's just so easy to judge yourself. And it's so interesting that the judgment of what you are or aren't doing can, can lead to like an even bigger mm-hmm. spiral or, or sadness or whatever um so yeah I, I think it's great that that you ultimately you are literally obsessed with that class <laughs> I love it so, it I'm, me so I'm really much joy. yeah no it really does I still have to try one but ultimately yeah I thought it was important to share that because there is a lot of pressure to be doing a lot and I think that a lot of people are harping on themselves and judging and I know even for myself like I'm I'm starting to question like should I be exercising more and it's really not coming from a weird place but it's just kind of like oh well I have time so why not right. do it anyway and it, it's kind of just finding that balance between what do you really want to do where do you really want to challenge yourself um, and just getting clear on what it is that you want out of out of this time whether it is learning to be okay with rest or whether it is combining the rest and and getting some stuff done that makes you feel good yeah yeah so I'm really excited for today's episode I just have felt excitement this whole time <laughs> me too so today we're going to be talking about love languages um, on Friday we have have a very important guest, Jess. She is coming on to talk about toxic relationships with us. She had, she was in an experience where she was in a very toxic relationship that went on for a really long time, but luckily she has found her way out and on to the other side and now is in like a positive, beautiful relationship. So she shares a lot. She sh- She's very vulnerable with us and really shares her story. And I think it's really important for a lot of people to hear. So we're going to talk about like kind of the other side of the, with like love languages and uh, a little lighter. And then she's going to share her story with us on Friday. Definitely. Ever since, I read the book 
the actual love languages book by Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, I was so fascinated by it because I heard the term love languages for so long, but I never really read anything. I never really looked into it besides like a simple Instagram graphic. And it was just really powerful to read and learn about things because I think we're so quick to blame others. And although yes, Julie and I are in, in long-term relationships, love languages can be applied to any type of relationship. Um, and I think it's really important to, to acknowledge that and, and use it in that way. Um, but the book really talks about the five different types of love languages and then it explains how you use them, how people feel them. And I think the most powerful part of it that we often use as a form of blame or as an idea of, oh gosh, what if we're not compatible? Is that people feel love in different ways and people give love in the way that they know to give love. Mm -hmm. So if let's say, you know, let's say Julia gets her hair done and Chris doesn't compliment her her hair, um, it's very possible that that's not, that he, it's not that he doesn't believe that or think that, but maybe that's just not his way of ex expressing it. And it's, and it's still there and he gives love differently. For example, I know you've mentioned go he's taken you out to dinner mm -hmm. and you're like yeah but like I wanted to, to hug you I don't know <laughs> um, but yeah so it's just it's so interesting and it's it's important to be aware of because I think you place a lot less blame on someone else and try mm -hmm. and cultivate a lot more and understand them and it goes both ways because often I feel like I'm considering okay but like I I'm such a words of affirmation and physical touch type of girl and then I'm like okay but am I also giving back the things that someone else feels loved by yeah absolutely and I think I want to just highlight what you said before love languages do not just apply to a romantic relationship relationship. Your love languages apply to your relationship with your partner, to your relationship with your family, your relationship with your friends, and your relationship with yourself. And the love language that you feel that you best receive from a partner can be very different from the language that you best receive from a friend or from a family member. So mm -hmm. like just like if your love language in a romantic relationship is one thing, let's say like in your romantic relationship it's physical touch, it's totally plausible and possible that, that your love language with your mom is gift giving or you know whatever other love language it is it doesn't have to be the same across the board and it's what I love about what Brenda said it's like it's so helpful to know what your love languages are in each area of your life because it helps us realize when we're not receiving something from somebody that we love or from ourselves that it's not it's not something to get mad about or to blame it might just take the second to realize oh okay hmm I receive love in this way but they don't they don't receive love in that way so they don't know how to express that to me and to kind of put it in kind of like um kind of like that clinical kind of light of it's not an emotional thing. It's truly like a logical clinical thing of we sometimes receive things differently than other people. And I think it really helps take away a lot of like the hurt mm -hmm. when you when you can realize like, oh, that person just doesn't, they don't receive love that way. So they don't, they wouldn't know that I receive love that way. Or they don't really know how to express love that way. And like me and Haley were just talking about it yesterday with, with sometimes needing things from partner and not getting it and feeling upset, but then realizing like, oh, hey, like that's not how they express it. How can I, how can I communicate? that to them in a way that they'll understand and know how to express so like I just think it's really important to if you can and if you want to try to identify in your life with all the different people in your life like what, what are your love languages with your family your partner your friends yourself it could be so helpful yeah and the book that we mentioned before does have a quiz at the end um which is really helpful it helps you rank everything and and kind of gives you phrases so that you can figure out what it is that you do feel about that and honestly after I did have Chris take it even looking at his not just knowing his results but looking at his 
answers. Like when he, like whether it is someone giving you a gift or laying next to you on the couch, it's interesting to see like what people think or even, you know, even if it is that they're not a words of affirmation type of person, but they do prefer that over a gift. I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting. And maybe we should really briefly um, review the five types and just share the five types. Definitely. I was just going to say that. Yeah. So the five types as defined by the book that Brenda mentioned before, there's physical touch, acts of service. So like physical touch, obviously hand-holding, hugging, whatever that may be. Acts of service, that could be anything from like doing the dishes or bringing you, cooking you dinner or something like that. Receiving gifts, that could be either bought or made. Uh, quality time, spending, spending, you know, setting aside a time to spend with someone, whoever that person may be or even yourself. And then words of affirmation, which is basically like compliments or someone saying, I love you or some things along those lines. Yeah, no, and, and that's an awesome description. So, Ju, what are you? What am I in my, in my romantic relationship? Yeah, in your romantic relationship. In my romantic relationship, I definitely am quality time and I think physical touch. Mm, yeah, I said before, mine are words of affirmation and physical touch, but I and it's and Chris's is um, acts <laughs> of service and quality time. So, like, mm-hmm. totally opposite things Mm -hmm. but both really still important and I when you were mentioning how it could be different in friendships I'm like "Mm, I don't really want to like snuggle my friends like it's not physical touch for my my friends either (laughs) um so it it is interesting how it can change from one way to another but just being knowledge is power and especially in your Mm -hmm. relationship knowing what it is that makes someone feel most loved and being comfortable to approach things in a way of hey you know what I'm not feeling fulfilled in this way I would or I love the expression Julia uses um I really feel loved when you x y and z or I I think that's so powerful because it doesn't come from a place of attacking someone and telling them that what they're doing isn't enough it's just saying hey I feel most loved when you do this and I would just appreciate it so much if you could express that because I know it's there um and I know that it's not your normal way of expressing it but I just I feel so loved when you do that and I think it just comes off from a much more genuine and less like attacking place yeah and also like if you're interested in defining what your love languages are in each area of your life like yes you can take the quiz and that'll kind of give you your over like what you gravitate towards most but also if you just kind of sit down with the you know you could write out the five on a piece of paper and like think about think about what makes you feel loved from like the different people in your life and it's like it's usually pretty easy to define for yourself you know oh like how do I feel most love okay like this one and this one or you Mm -hmm. know and of course of course, most people, it's all of them, and we want, you know, we do want all of those things, but the things that really stand out is what, like, what you usually communicate with most. Yeah, definitely, and I, and the reason we really wanted to emphasize this in this episode was because during Jess's episode on Friday, you'll hear all of the things that kind of, all of these signs that, that hint towards a toxic relationship, and we wanted to make sure we could provide you with some tools and just some, some things to think about for a, a healthy relationship to give you kind of the best of both worlds. And yeah, so so we hope that this will be beneficial for you guys and us just being honest about what kind of has worked for us and thinking about because I think there there are so many different things that come up when you feel insecurity in a relationship. I know a lot of people have fears of some of people just getting up and leaving one day and that there's just so much expectation that we place on what a relationship should be like. Mm. So 
I think that being able to kind of separate yourself from every other relationship you know and of course we learn from observation and we learn from people that we see so it's it's kind of difficult to separate yourself sometimes because there can be some really positive role models in relationships but I think it's important to kind of separate yourself and be like okay well what works for us what's how do they feel most loved how do they feel most appreciated how can I make them feel like they're enough because I think there's a really tricky line sometimes and I find myself walking this line where when you ask someone for when you're trying to cultivate something if it's coming from a place that feels more attacking than not then someone else instead of being of recognizing it that way can really feel like they're not enough and that's totally mm. not the purpose of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. so um yeah just releasing expectations I've, I've found myself needing to do that a lot because of course like the media comes into play again and, and Julia mentioned it kind of in our our bachelor episode with Sabrina she was like do you ever find yourself kind of being wondering <laughs> what um even though it's a really really like exaggerated form of what they're trying to portray right, but like why am I not getting jetted off to Italy with like my <laughs> own winemaker and personal band <laughs> yeah have me if that's not the yeah. date you're taking <laughs> Yeah, but even so, like, (laughs) moving to just thinking about how, like, electric they make the love feel between Mm. The Bachelor and all these different people, I think it it just starts to make people feel self-conscious, kind of. I think it just starts to make you reflect on on where you are, and it's like, okay, is love supposed to be like that all the time? Because they really only highlight either the really, really good and the really passionate and electric love, or the really, like, the drama that's going to get the entertainment. So uh, it's, it's so complicated, and I think there's so many romantic movies out there that portray love in a certain way too so I think there's so much that they leave out that there's so much back and forth and that a lot of love is trying to understand someone else even if they're not this like perfect puzzle piece to you Mm -hmm. but that they're willing to you know. Yeah, and especially, like, in a time where, like, maybe you're quarantined with your partner and, like, you might be getting on edge or, like, mm. you know, because sometimes it's hard, like, to really think about, like, okay, what makes my partner feel loved? What makes me feel loved? And, like, how can we how can we work on, you know, identifying those things and then, like, how can we express that to each other to make, you know, you know, our time together? Because if quality time is not your love language, like, you're probably spending a lot of time together right now, but it might not be quality time. Like, there's a big difference between time spent and quality time and mm-hmm. just think like identifying those things and being able to like better provide for each other because you can when you understand how someone communicates best like we can understand each other so much more and like Brenda said like when you approach someone and sometimes you're like well you're not doing this like people could get very defensive because a lot of people don't don't take well to that kind of communication but when you can say like I feel really loved when you do this and like you're encouraging or even asking like hey like how how can I make you feel loved during this time like what makes you feel the best if their thing is like you know acts of service or something like oh like it'd be really nice if like I don't know maybe you could like make me a dinner like blah 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 and this is for male or female 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 like it doesn't matter these these languages are in no way tied to gender identity so I think it's like really just like communicating with your partner to see like you know what makes them feel yeah and have I think that you bring up an interesting point because you and I are in such different like mm-hmm. playing fields right now that you are like with your boyfriend all the time and I don't know when I'll see my next and they both have their challenges like totally 
I think us, we don't realize how much our time that we are apart from them, not that you want to be, Mm -hmm. um, but like, it's interesting, I'm sure for you to be like, okay, well, I'm kind of used to working from home on this day and this day, and now he's here. Like, how do I incorporate Mm -hmm. that? And also I think people can often get offended by someone else needing their time alone or their independence Mm -hmm. at at moments. So have have you guys needed to navigate that? Uh, I actually think that's something that we're kind of pretty naturally good at. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we're pretty naturally good at giving each other the space that we need because we both kind of have our own things that we like to do that like make us happy like the other night um we ate you know we ate dinner together and then in the living room Chris had his headphones on playing his video games with his friends and I had my headphones on listening to something and doing my puzzle and like we were together in the same space and like that felt really nice to know that he was there but we were totally doing our own things and and I don't know I guess we're uh, we've we've always kind of been pretty good about letting each other have the time and space that we need because I think that that's yeah. something that we both need like we both quality time is both very important to both of us but we also realize that like I don't know we I think I'll, I think we're, we really like being in the same space but doing our own things yeah no and I was just asking because I was gonna ask if you had any like tips for someone who might be stuck stuck that's rude who might be <laughs> who might be quarantined um I don't know why I said that with their partner right now and maybe like kind of struggling to find a way to to share that they need some quality time for themselves yeah definitely I mean I think something that has like been good for us is determining when we're gonna have like dates basically which is like silly because we're in the same house the whole like literally 24 7 but like defining when we're gonna have quality time again like I said before like time spent is different than quality time like we are spending endless time together right now but we're not always spending quality time together because we're both working and you know we're doing our own things and doing housework and whatever that is so really determining like when is the time we're gonna spend together like tonight we're gonna we're gonna order in and we're gonna watch a movie and we like decided that like okay Saturday night we're gonna have time together and then so I think that like kind of still making those dates with your partner to be like this is when we're gonna do the quality time whether that's like okay on you know on Tuesday we're gonna have we're gonna sit down and put our devices away and have lunch together or you know on Saturday night we're gonna cook dinner together and watch a movie like whatever that is for you guys I think putting still kind of putting those in the calendar um has been great because then it's like okay we have those dates we know what time we're gonna we're gonna really give our energy to each other and then everything else we could kind of move about in our own way and like if it comes together it comes together and if we're really doing separate things and like just checking in and saying like hey how are you doing or hey I love you like that's it makes it easier to for us it has been easier to do our own things because we know when we're gonna spend like real quality time together yeah no and I think that's it does I think that's great advice and I think that can be translated to anyone who's not seeing their partner at this time also, and and you shared this with me, is to put days in the calendar where you can FaceTime or where you can just be present. Um, And that's definitely been helpful. And any little routines or activities you can do to stay more connected, because I think this is a time where some love languages are challenged, you know? like yes words of affirmation can be texted or whatever but it's not the same as hearing someone um and obviously if you're quarantined you can't really fulfill your need for physical (laughs) so um yeah so I think all these things are really really key and Jess on Friday talked so much about like soulmates and and like really encouraging people that someone is out there for you and I love that I love that she talks about that and I do believe that but I think one big um 
tip that kind of came out of that for me, I was listening to Shanae Alexander, I believe her podcast, Press Send, and she, either her or her guest was saying that, that a soulmate should be two holes coming together to complement each other and not expecting someone else to kind of fully fill mm-hmm. things in you. Um, because although it's important to feel fulfilled and important to, to go out of our way to make others feel loved, I think we have, when we set an expectation that it's someone else's job to do all of these things, then it can become a little intimidating for them and then very almost exhausting for you if you feel like they're not meeting that expectation. I feel like we always kind of talk about this, about like, you know, that we can't find full fulfillment from one person and it's no one person's job to fill us in every area of their life. And I was talking to Haley yesterday and obviously she's away from, you, you've heard Haley's episode on long distance relationships and she's still away from her partner. And, you know, even now it's even harder than usual because she was saying like, usually like I fill my, I get, I get filled up from other things in my life while Dan is gone, like seeing my friends and doing certain things with certain people and blah, blah. And she said that it's been so much harder to not try to put like, all of that fulfillment on her partner because right now she's struggling getting it from the other places that usually help her feel filled Mm. up and I'm sure like people away from their partner and I wonder Brenda if you feel this way too like can feel that too of like usually you're getting fulfilled from friends or or hobbies or passions that that unfortunately we can't do right now and then because we're not getting it from all those other things putting that pressure on our partner to do all of those things when we know logically that we can't expect one person to fill all those things but that it does make it harder when you don't have those outlets and it does sometimes default to putting it on our partner and just I think taking a step back to be like okay that's not fair and I know Mm -hmm. I wouldn't normally do that but just acknowledging like that that's that's the feeling of the reality right now yeah no and I definitely feel that um even though I'm still like I said working from home it's just different it's it's Mm -hmm. just different like you can structure day out in the way that you want you know your your co-workers aren't around like your family's around it's just a different environment you can go about your day differently so I'm definitely feeling that and I think my challenge is also and probably Haley's too is that although we're still working it's different and like Chris is working so he it's not that he doesn't miss me and I know that logically obviously but I think it's he's more distracted by totally by like life is still going for him life is actually more stressful for him right now most likely so um I think that's a challenge and it's very hard to not internalize those things as oh boy he probably doesn't miss me or um just because my time is spent differently I definitely have even more subconscious thoughts about oh wow this kind of sucks yeah well I really miss him when am I gonna see him next there's just so much uncertainty Mm -hmm. and and just because our schedules are a little opposite like he works later on in the day when I'm done with work and up until nighttime and I sometimes fall asleep early so we don't really get to talk as much and obviously when he's busy he's so sweet and he's like sorry are you okay are you okay and I'm like yeah like you're the one working you're the one like (laughs) doing crazy things are you okay but it it is hard and I won't deny that it's really really hard especially when we can't talk as much and when I can't hear his voice as much and I'm definitely really struggling with that but what's good is to come back to is that I, I know although we don't express love in the same way all the time that he's very very willing to listen and very willing to kind of understand and to acknowledge that it that it stinks and that he understands that it's hard but always kind of brings things back down to earth and I 
was thinking about how much it really can be about perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope I say this correctly, but there's this like expression of if somebody tells you to look around the room and tells you to look for red, and then they ask you if you saw the color brown, then you'll be like, no, I I didn't see it because you weren't looking for red. Mm -hmm. I mean, you weren't looking for brown, you were looking for red. Um, And I think it all comes back to in the same way that like you'll start to see things if you look for it. In any aspect, like if you, this is such a random and like silly and really not true example but if I were to say to Julia hey did you notice our friend talks about cheese all the time and then she'll be like no I didn't and now every (laughs) single time that Julia interacts with our friends she'll probably start to notice more and more because she's looking for it so Mm -hmm. in real reality translation not related to cheese um, (laughs) but I did like that example (laughs) thank you um then then you really will see what you start to look for. So if you're looking for, oh my gosh, my my partner isn't doing X, Y, and Z, and look at all the things they're not doing, then it's so, so easy to fall into a viral of all of the things that you feel like they're not doing in the same way that you could see that in yourself. Like if you start harping on yourself for not being productive enough in whichever way you define that during this crazy time, then you'll start to see more and more reasons for that. But I think it's important to look at things in the most grounded place that you can and to try and look for the good. And that doesn't mean to totally not acknowledge the stuff that sucks. It's okay to acknowledge that you miss someone and that you mm-hmm. don't know when you'll see next and that it sucks. But um, I think trying to see the good and what you're, how you're trying to make this feel normal is important too. Yeah. Have you, Brend, like a, adjusted your love languages in any way in regards to Chris, like during this time? <sighs> I, it's hard. And the reason for that is because I don't feel like there's much that I can do for mm-hmm. any of them. Um, I feel like I've just really tried to be honest. I don't think I've really addressed them. Um, I guess maybe trying to be intentional with asking for quality time, meaning like talking on the phone or FaceTime, um, mm-hmm. which of course I've, I've always valued quality time. Um, but it's just a, diff- a different way of feeling loved. And I guess I've had to kind of shift to that. And mm-hmm. in terms of kind of asking Chris, like, hey, if you miss me do you think you could mention it or like and that sounds so silly to some people who are probably also words of affirmations humans but (laughs) I it's so funny because when Chris and I have the conversation he'll be like it's it's not I do miss you like I absolutely do but for some people it's almost like I'm dating you of course I miss you you know Mm -hmm. like some people don't really they don't feel the need to say it right I think that's a great example because I think people can feel that like a lot of times especially if you're words of affirmation person and even if you're not like it's like why isn't my person telling me that they miss me or that I'm beautiful or that like blah blah blah. and it's like some people just really really do feel those things but think that you know those things and unless you tell them hey I really need to hear this out loud from you and that might sound really weird to them like I know I've told because Chris is not a words of affirmation person and I know that I I've told him before like hey like I really need to hear from you that like you think I look pretty like when I get dressed up or like blah blah and he's like oh but like of course I think you look pretty like why would I tell you that in a way and it's not coming from a place of like meanness or rudeness or whatever like he just truly doesn't internalize that like if I tell him that he looks handsome he like cringes almost <laughs> like he'll literally get like uncomfortable if I tell him that he's handsome so of course if that's the way he reacts to a words of affirmation of course he's not gonna give that to me and it's not out of like that he doesn't think it or that he is intentionally being rude he just doesn't express that in a way that is like that expression to him does not feel good so of course he's not gonna know to express that to me but if I tell him like hey I, I really need 
this is something I really need, and this is something that really makes me feel good, then he could say, okay, well, like, I could try to do that for my partner. Mm-hmm. You know, but totally. it's, like, if, if he cringes when he hears a compliment, of course he's not gonna give me compliments. Yeah, and I think it's also, interestingly enough, dependent on your experiences with someone. Like, I know for, for Chris, he'll literally say he like when I've asked him that he's like well I'm just so confused because anytime I've given you a compliment you're like no I'm hideous so mm. like if, if you if you if you have done that in the past and are like oh no like I'm not gonna be beautiful until x y and z which granted my mentality has changed but like I do have to acknowledge that I was responding in that way for a really long time so mm-hmm. I also wouldn't want to compliment me if I've gotten <laughs> those reactions you know right so it's so interesting how especially in long in long-term relationships all these things can pile up and feel that way but ultimately we all express differently we all feel differently and it's important to find out how we feel about our others and all types of relationships and how we're going to go about it ourselves and I'm trying to to make some space right now for anyone who isn't in a relationship at this current time a romantic one and um that is probably its own interesting um situation because if some people are on dating apps or whatever mm-hmm. um you know during quarantine like how do you get to know someone during this time not that you have to but there are of course people who really really want to find love and really want to connect and you know kind of navigating what that looks like in this space but I think it's really something that I've found for people in my life that aren't in a romantic relationship is that there's so much shame attached to the idea of being single and that it becomes part of someone's identity Mm -hmm. and I think that a big speaking of identity going into kind of Jess's episode on Friday is being in a relationship especially long term kind of becomes part of your identity Mm -hmm. so when you do end a relationship relationship of however long it's kind of like losing even if it ended badly it's like losing a part of yourself Mm -hmm. so I I know that she talks about kind of briefly finding a new normal and how to how to make that happen even from going from being maybe someone who's single to being in a relationship or being in a relationship and then not um but I just wanted to before going into that briefly shed some love to anyone who (laughs) is not in a romantic relationship and remind you that that doesn't make you less worthy than someone Mm -hmm. who is Mm -hmm. because I I think Tina said to me the other day, not that she believes this, but that being in a relationship kind of adds more... I don't know what she defined it as me like ranking or more more value in the eyes of like someone else mm. um it like in a subconscious way not that they're like oh well julia is inherently more valuable no but i think it's it, it must be a really really challenging situation for people that, that aren't to to not think those things totally i mean we do our society does idolize it in a way which is funny because you know what i wonder where that stemmed from i mean i guess i can understand like history wise where that stemmed from you you actually were worth more when you were married back in the day like you had a dowry and you in the olden days you actually your worth did become a higher when you got married so that it's funny because it's such an old way of thinking but like it had it still is kind of this underrooted thing in our ingrained in our society even though it's like so old like you are not worth more now if you are if you are in a relationship or married but it's just one of those things that like we still kind of carry with us subconsciously even though it's like hundreds of years old of a practice in our culture anyway in in some cultures that is still the truth but I think that it's like we do still idolize it like if you see someone on Instagram like a a couple posts you're like oh like we idolize those things or like Mm -hmm. even like if you're at like a family gathering like I remember like in a in like college or like high school like my uncles or like my grandpa would be like oh so you're dating anyone yet like there's like that like oh well if you're if the answer is yes then I'm I'm 
I, I, I'm, I seem better or I seem worth more. And it, it's totally still ingrained in us and like it does come from those like really old roots of that you were at a time worth more, but it's not true anymore. But it is, mm-hmm. you know, but it is still ingrained in us that, that that seems the truth, but it's not. Yeah, and I just think it's so interesting because you're so right. Like that people are asked that all the time. Did you find anyone? Are you dating anyone? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, even those questions when they're just really coming from a place probably of curiosity and just like, I think it's an easy question, an easy go-to to make conversation. But for people that have like some old wounds in that place, it can be really hard to navigate those questions. And it can it can literally make you feel like, well, why is this all that's coming up? Like, do they think, are they worried? Mm-hmm. I, I think someone asks, are you in a relationship can start to be internalized as, are they worried that I never will be? Do they think it's important that I am? What right, do they think yeah. of me now? And it's so interesting too that after getting out of a relationship, I think from what I've heard the the fear becomes will I ever find love again mm-hmm. and not which makes sense obviously in, in the context of our culture but and it's not how can I best take care of myself right now to mm. work through the pain that I just went through and and then you know how can I focus on shifting my expectations for a future relationship of how what I want out of that what how I want to treat someone else like instead of kind of learning and 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 taking care of ourselves I think it's a really big fear of not finding someone else and not being loved and and I don't know. I, I think at, at the end of the day, this is all super stemmed in that we are humans and we crave connection. And one of our basic needs is feeling loved and belonging. And when we don't have those things met and have a fear that we never will, and it's being mm-hmm. reinforced all around us that being mm-hmm. loved is is valuable and that it's something that causes pressure like that's a really stressful thing to carry around all the time totally and I think that's really interesting that you said that but like a a lot of people as soon as you know they end a relationship the first thought is will I ever find love again or like how can I find my next relationship like how important it is to like find love for yourself and within yourself Mm -hmm. first and then you know moving towards finding connection with someone else and like I think Jess's episode is is really great for anybody to listen to that maybe has recently gone through a breakup and is worried about finding love again because she has and you know her breakup was from a toxic relationship but even if it was from a positive relationship someone could feel that exact same way so I think hearing her episode is great because it does kind of remind you like okay yes you can find that again but I think Brenna's Brenna's point is really important in saying like like yes if that is what you want you can look towards that and you will find that again but like how important it is to take some time and find love for yourself again and really checking in with yourself about like how do I love me best yeah and I think people hate that answer I understand but I'm saying like I feel like people hate that answer and they're like well I I don't get how that makes any sense I don't I don't know I don't need to find love for myself like it doesn't work that way but I think that like what Julia is sharing is is true and accurate and the reason why we don't want to do it is because it can be hard like it can be Mm -hmm. challenging to do that and I think self-love comes with self-belief and Mm -hmm. what that really means is if I I don't know I personally love that advice because it's I think self-love is such a like known as such a cliche term nowadays but there's so much power behind it and I think that instilling belief in yourself cultivating confidence establishing 
establishing your worth before being with someone else is important because it allows you to be less impacted by what someone does or doesn't do. So often when someone doesn't fill our need, we're like, well, shoot, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? They must not love me enough. I must not be beautiful enough. Like all of these thoughts start to spiral. So if you're able to cultivate self-belief, it doesn't mean you can't do it while in a relationship, Mm -hmm. but if you're able, if you aren't in one right now and, and you're, you work on healing maybe anything that was hurt before and cultivating confidence and self-belief and, and learning about your worth and not just learning about it, but starting to believe it. And if you carry that into a new relationship, you are going to be in, in such good shape to mm. give love and receive love because it's going to be coming from a place of, of such strong and like unshakable self-belief. And that doesn't mean that you're perfect all the time, but it really just means learning more about you and what you need and what you want and and being less judgmental towards yourself and someone else and I I love that advice because but I think it's often misinterpreted to be like well I don't want to do that or that's right. that's lame <laughs> yeah. So, yeah but and I but I, that's why I think Jess's episode is like a great episode because it really shows like you can find it again like you can find yeah. love again if that's what you want and like there's no harm in like c- cultivating confidence for yourself while you know while that is coming around and speaking of that like I really do want to talk about how you can use your love languages for self-love and defining what your love languages are for yourself especially for anybody that is alone right now in quarantine or is in between relationships and feeling like they you know are moving wanting to move from an old one to a new one taking the time to define what your love languages are with yourself so I actually found this like thing online and it gave some it gave some uh like tips so I want to share a couple of them just to give people some ideas if they're like if they haven't defined those love languages with themselves yet and some things that they can do so like this is so cute I found this online so is for physical touch it was things that make your body feel good so like soft blankets physical activity a spa day stretching like those kind of things for acts of service it was going to therapy acts of kindness scheduling cleaning delegating um for receiving gifts it was planning a trip with yourself buying yourself comfy clothes clothes, craft supplies, whatever things make you feel good, indulgences, investing in yourself for quality time. Some of the things they recommended were meditation, uh, creative time, taking yourself on dates, relaxing. And then for words of affirmation, it was positive self-talk, daily affirmations, journaling, mantras. And I just loved all of those. Mm. And I really think, and obviously there's way more than the couple that I listed for each one, but taking the time to say, hmm, in what ways do I love myself best? And then, and then really exploring those, you know, two or so love languages and incorporating them into your life. And also if you do that for you, even when you move forward into like, if you so want to be in a romantic relationship, you still can have that time to love yourself in the best way. Because I think we do hear this word thrown around all the time, self-care, self-love, but sometimes we don't know how to love ourselves best. Just like we might not know how to love a partner best or a friend best. So taking the time to really kind of sit down and define for yourself, how do I love me best and what kind of what kind of activities go hand in hand with that I think can be so powerful yeah especially during this time and and beyond I I love every single one of those I think that's so incredibly helpful and gives people a guide and and direction in which they can approach this because there's a lot of unknown so for you to be able to identify certain things that feel known and feel good and and feel fulfilling in a time where you're probably not getting fulfillment from most areas in your life that you're used to getting fulfillment from Mm -hmm. I think is 
is in, incredibly powerful. Brenda, what would you think your self-love languages are? I would think definitely quality time. Mm-hmm. So doing all those journal, I think our morning routine kind of goes in hand with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, <laughs> I think still words of affirmation. I mm-hmm. This is probably going to sound so weird to people, but maybe, maybe half people will understand and the other half won't. But I've like had to, um, just because I find myself, like we're not getting, we're not wearing makeup. We're not like <laughs> doing mm-hmm. all the things. Not that we have to, not that we're more beautiful with it, but I've had to create affirmations for for things that I'm personally like sometimes having moments of that I'm struggling with and also kind of finding peace in like not wearing makeup and not getting dressed up and trying to find beauty in myself in that way too. So mm-hmm. affirming those things. Um, I think those would definitely be the the, the things. And, and I mentioned like exercising and I think that falls under quality time. Yeah, I love that. What about you? Hmm, I don't know. I'm having trouble. See, I haven't really taken the time to sit and do this with myself so I'm gonna do that after we finish this podcast and like decide what really kind of think internalize and think about really what the best ways I love myself are because my first thought was acts of service which like includes like scheduling cleaning delegating and I I'm starting to wonder if that is how I love myself or if that's how I feel that I need to love myself Mm -hmm. you know because there's a difference like do, do, do I really am I really loving myself by getting tasks done or or is that something that comes from like my ego or and my fear of not being enough or not you know so I don't know if that's the best way I love myself maybe that's something that comes from like my fear and my ego and maybe something that makes me feel more loved would be physical touch like doing like a spa night with myself or like co- covering myself in a nice soft blanket or you know stretching or, or exercising so I wonder I think I need to sit and really think about those things yeah and how interesting that often that we can like an automatic thought can be oh yeah I I totally love myself best by getting things done because I would I felt myself feeling something similar but I'm like that's not it at least for Mm -hmm. me it's not like and it might be for someone but I don't know if that's totally right for me right I think it's very easy to want to feel productive right now so I I don't think that's what it is for me personally but it could very well be for someone else yeah I think receiving gifts is one of mine though I love when I buy myself things (laughs) I feel really good when I buy myself skincare I feel like I buy myself stuff all the time and don't even acknowledge that I'm doing that (laughs) it's just a bad (laughs) habit (laughs) yeah that's that's fun take it take some time today and decide what your best self-love languages are because even if you are in a romantic relationship or you you know have a ton of friends or family like it's how important it is to know how to love ourselves best right for certain I love that love 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 how fun so I hope that like this was this could be helpful to everybody and I really encourage everyone to take some time and really think about how do you receive love best from your friends how do you receive love best from your family how do you receive love best from your partner and how do you receive love best from yourself and then maybe even looking outside and trying to think or ask how those people in your life feel loved best you know it's it's it is wonderful to pick up the phone and call your best friend and say hey like how what in what ways can I make you feel loved best like when I think about Haley like I know like like Haley really really loves like um she really puts a lot of worth on thoughtful gifts and like so just thinking about like how can how can how can you make the people in your life feel love the best and in what ways do you need to receive it definitely and just being super super mindful of I think it's easy to go a little stir crazy or or any of those things so just I, I know I mentioned the activity what's true and what's not true in the past and that's really mm-hmm. helped me because I've had some you know thoughts of oh my gosh what if people are gonna what if people and this is real to me what if Chris forgets about me and leaves what if my friends like love me less like these are real thoughts so really taking time to be like okay what's true I really miss these people and we're not gonna see each other for a while 
and what's not true, um, they're not just going to get up and leave. So I think that activity is super, super helpful. I love that. Thanks, bud. And before we wrap up, do we have a Oh, hold on. Ghost is having a time. Okay, anyway, before we wrap up, do we have any questions? We do. It they It is. Hi, Roaring Twenties Podcast. Cue for your next podcast. When you do a somersault, do you feel like your brain bounces around in your skull? Thanks for the shout out. Thanks for making me feel a little less alone. I know who this is from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brenda, when you do a when you do a somersault, does your brain feel like it's bouncing? Honestly, your... it does feel like that. I haven't done one in quite some time, but I've definitely felt that. Maybe I should I... do one now. Yeah, you want to experiment? Okay, give me one Take second. Up your headphones. Let okay, us know. one second. I'm not gonna be able to hear you if you talk. I'll narrate talk to me. But Brenda is standing up. I'm scared. She's getting myself. on the floor. She's doing a somersault. Wait, I don't think I can do this. Oh <laughs> she God. can't do a somersault. I'm not capable. Oh my God, Brenda, you can do it. I can't. Okay, let me try. try. Yeah, yeah, do it on the couch. Okay, she's going to attend. Oh, she what? did one. She did it. Oh, yeah. Your brain yes. moved. Your brain moved. Oh my God. Should I try? Yeah, you probably should. Okay, you narrate now. I'll go. Okay, so Julia is taking off her headphones. She is heading to the bed and she is putting it to the test. Oh, she stuck the landing. She stuck the landing. How was it? Um, I'm going to say a solid no for the brain bouncing around. My brain oh. feels just fine. Oh, no, mine definitely bounced. I, I agree I, with, the, with the person writing in. Maybe, maybe my theory is like maybe some of us have a tether for, for your brain to your skull. <laughs> and maybe some of us were born without that tether. I don't know because my brain does not bounce when I do a somersault. <laughs> Man, I should really look into getting a tether, huh? Okay, that's our tip. <laughs> that's our tip for you, listener. The tip for the day is that if you don't have a brain tether, you can purchase one on Amazon. It might take. It might be a little backed up, but you it's can. It's not. It's one. not an essential, but maybe post quarantine you can get the tether. <laughs> you can get your brain tethered. So uh, everyone, go try a somersault and see if your brain bounces around or not. <laughs> And Please determine if you need to buy one. Report back. Let us know. Maybe we'll put a poll up on, on Instagram. We will. We, we, Does we, your we brain must. bounce when you somersault? And we'll get some yes or no's. Let us know. We really would like to know and take a poll and see what the, um you know, majority answer is. Please. <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for sticking around for our silliness. Um, <laughs> we, we hope we provide you laughter and insight and tips and make you feel less alone. Um, we're so happy to be joining Believe Network. It is... Is, it's just so exciting and, and we hope to, to continue to provide you with all of those things. Absolutely. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With, with love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.